All right. <clears throat> Metal by Default, Episode 4. If you want a picture of the future, imagine a boot stamping on a human face forever. And welcome back to another edition of Metal by Default. I'm your host, Jack, and I've got my good buddy Max here today. Why don't you say hello? How you doing, everyone? Uh, Max is uh, quite the scholar on, um, I don't know what you'd call it, like, doom, stoner. They call it anything. Whatever. It's rock and roll. What have you. So I figured we'd do uh, an episode like that. Break the monotony a little bit. Um... But I, I have a, a lesser so than um, pure rock and roll track to start out with right now. This is uh, Empire Falls from Primordial's 2007 album, To the Nameless Dead. Here we go.
And that was Primordial with Empire's Falls. Uh, so how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You this know. is your podcasting debut, I True, hear. it yes. is. So I'm just going to be here talking about the good stuff. Oh, yeah. So I, I don't think a lot of people out there know exactly what stoner metal, quote-unquote, I'm doing that thing with my hands, is. Um, stoner metal sort of started with the inception of heavy blues rock in the late 60s. You find a lot of it in stuff like most generally people know Sabbath, Black Sabbath, as the genesis of stoner rock. But really it starts with, um, it's sort of like one of those art things that pops up everywhere. So you have bands in the late 60s that are doing their own version of it, like Can or Faust over in Europe, or that, I guess that's Krautrock, but they took a lot of elements of it. It's a lot of deep, heavy psychedelia, 13th floor elevators, a lot of light period stuff, um, Roxy music, you, you see it all over the place. Even Fleetwood Mac started out with a heavy blues background, which is unbelievable as it may Gay. seem, right? Gay. But uh, Stoner Rock sort of came to with uh, Sabbath releasing one of their best-known albums, Masters of Reality. Ta-da! <laughs> and, uh... Oh, I, I have to show you. I forgot to show you, um... Over, who we're gonna play in this episode, did an awesome Solitude cover that you really All dig. Alright, right, that's cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, moving, moving forward from Sabbath, you find a lot of stuff like, uh, Blue Cheer... Led Zeppelin did their own take on it, which was more bluesy, and I guess people consider it classic rock since you find it on classic rock stations, but they had a lot of uh, freakouts and big heavy riffs. Um, you just find it all over the place in the late 60s into the 70s. Even the glam rock guys paid tribute to it. Really, stoner rock sort of came about as just a heavier answer to rock and roll at the time, and though it's not considered as such now. I think anyone who smokes a joint and picks up a guitar and plugs in a fuzz pedal can do it. So, you know, Stoner Rock is what Stoner Rock is, and Stoner Rock shall remain as such. Ooh. Quote, unquote. Uh, and he's not reading people. He's not reading anything. All right, uh, so why don't we get into some Souvenirs Young America. I received a promo from these guys for Ultimate Metal. Really dug it. So uh, this is Invocation in the Caldera from their album An Ocean Without Water.
And that was Souvenirs Young America with Invocation in the Caldera. So you have a track coming up called This Mess by Wolf and Cub. Why don't you tell us about that? Wolf and Cub are another one of those wolf bands of the touted 2007 wolf bands year. Um, they're also from Australia, just like their brother's wolf mother, but they do a sort of a heavy dance groove take on stoner rock, and they're assigned to 4AD, which is known for its uh, left field choices and, uh, I don't know, in taste. And you can find this song, This Mess, on their 2007 album, Vessels. This is Wolf and Cub.
right, that was Wolf and Cub with this meth. Mess, excuse me. Meth? Yeah, it's crystal meth. <laughs> <laughs> um, up next, we have a very interesting band. I saw these guys. I couldn't really figure out what was going on. I can't say I was in my right head either. But uh, <laughs> I have a clear memory of a guy next to me getting a bit, uh, a bit woozy. I don't know if he had taken anything. Who knows? Maybe he was up on something. But uh, this band's son, uh, they're, they're an interesting one. They're two. Not, they're two guys, but and this is the son with the with the little yeah. circle and the three parentheses for any confusion. <laughs> um, there are two guys, but they bring in many lesser known but also greater known metal celebrities to work on their songs with them. They've done a bunch of albums now: Black One, uh, White One. You know, just all this kind of stuff. They've done collaborations with bands like Boris and um, all sorts of other big heavy metal names. Um, they're an interesting one. They strive to find, uh, I don't know, they call it the brown note, which is <laughs> supposedly a note so deep and resonant that it can turn the bowels and make someone actually shit their pants. Awesome. Which I have yet to see, but um, it's apparently People have gotten sick at Sun concerts, and uh, I think that's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is Sun with Cursed Realms of the Winter Demons. And this is a uh, this is an immortal cover. If um, I, I it has uh, it has guest vocals on it, but I have no idea who they are. But he's pretty black metal. Uh, so enjoy this and try not to shit your pants.
And that was Sun with Cursed Realms of the Winter Demons from Black One. My favorite album of theirs. Um, so, yeah. Up next, we're going to get into some Electric Wizard. This is another promo I received uh, from their 2007 album, Witch Cult Today. Uh, I had never really heard of these guys or heard them before this, but they're, uh, they impressed me a lot. Um, they're just really, really ridiculous, ridiculously over-the-top stoner metal. Like, like, be careful, because they might, like, shred your headphones. Literally, it's, it's that lo-fi. It's kind of like, um, like stoner metal with dark, pro dark throne production, like that bad. But, uh, it really gets a, um, really gets a feeling going. Fucking raw. Yo. <laughs> but I, I dig it. And, uh, this is The Chosen Few by Electric Wizard from Witch Gold Today.
And that was The Chosen Few by Electric Wizard. Why don't you talk about this next one, because I don't have any idea. <laughs> this is uh, one of the, I guess, one of the better known bands of the stoner rock, quote-unquote, genre. The guitarists would go on to form Queens of the Stone Age, Drum and Eagles of Death Metal, and produce many albums and work with bands such as Macedon, who we'll hear later, and various other projects. He's worked with the Melvins. He's worked all over the place. This is um, Caius. Caius came out of the 90s, late 80s, early 90s Palm Desert scene, which, uh, which sort of like was the antithesis of uh, stoner metal at the time. They were such a heavy groove sound that no one really had heard something like that since Sabbath. So you find Caius fitting in as sort of the Godfather's modern stoner metal. Um, they're sort of they're sort of one of my favorite bands, Queens of the Stone Age being the first. Caius coming in at a close second. Uh, but I think they're sort of what got me into the genre. They're pretty accessible across the board. You just have to have the patience to listen through all of it. Some people can't stand uh, the voice of the lead singer, and a lot of people have problems with Queens of the Stone Age, so they get the idea that Caius are just like them. Well, they are, but not really. So this is Gardenia. Yeah, I from, remember. I remember when you showed me oh, this. When was me. it? When was it? Oh, I in Mrs. Gregory's class. Yeah, probably sophomore. Sophomore year. year, and I hated it. I remember. Cause you. <laughs> when I was back into my uh, <laughs> Children of Bodom days. Yeah, right. Okay, Children of Bodom. <laughs> Anyways, this is Gardenia from 1994's Welcome to Sky Valley. Wait, did you say it was Caius? Yeah. Caius oh, Gardenia. Right. Right. right, my friend. This is from 1994's Welcome to Sky Valley, a triptych of an album separated into three parts. It's pretty fucking sweet. Here it is.
Alright, that was Gardenia by Caius. I love that album. I think that's probably their best one next to Blues for the Red Sun. Um, up next is actually Queens of the Stone Age. This one is taken from a live album called Over the Years and Through the Woods. Um, that was from that album's from 2006. The song that I'm gonna play is originally from 2000's Rated R. This is one of, uh, I guess, one of the most popular live songs that Queens of the Stone Age do. It's a pretty straight groove. It builds up, explodes, gets all in your face, nice and tasty. <laughs> Anyways, this is I Think I Lost My Headache by Queens of the Stone Age, live from over the hills and through the woods. Heyo. This is a I think I lost my fucking headache.
Thank you so much, London. It's good to see you again and not have another fucked up thing happen. That's why we're playing so long tonight, because it's good to see you again. All right, coming up on the last two, this is another pick of mine. This is an album that Josh Homme of Queens of Stone Age and Caius worked on with uh, Mastodon. This song is called Colony of Birchman, and you can hear Mr. Homie's voice during the chorus as it builds up.
That was Colony of Birchman, my Mastodon, from their 2006 album, Blood Mountain. And uh, Jack's going to take over for the last song of the day. And here it is. Ooh, yes. Ooh, yes. I play these guys all the time. This is Ulvar, the uh, well-known Norwegian band um, that uh, started out making black metal with the black metal trilogy, as it is known. Uh, and has just been all over the place ever since, making crazy shit. Like this, I think you would enjoy the the lineage and the history of this band. Like, they're so cool, you don't even know. Like, they, uh, they were signed to, I think, Century Media for their, um, during their second black metal album. And they, um, they recorded it on a four-track cassette player and like um use the rest of the money to buy like armani suits and cocaine and shit (laughs) not really what um so metal because like like normal black metal bands would like um you know go into the forest and take mushrooms yeah communicate with wildlife and try to control (laughs) the forces of nature to kill everyone all right all right and um (laughs) but yeah this um this is my favorite album of theirs and uh, it's from the album Themes from William Blake's A Marriage of Heaven and Hell. And uh, it's self-explanatory. It's um, They basically put William Blake's epic poem, The Marriage of Heaven and Hell, to their style of music, which is, um, on this album, it's pretty trip-hoppy slash ambient slash industrial kind of thing. A lot of spoken word passages, but they... It, on a couple tracks it really really gets gets going just sounds amazing this is one of those tracks um there's like two kinds of tracks like good tracks on this album it's really like a like such a cool thing but there are the tracks that you listen to to for the awesome spoken word passages just because the poetry is so amazing it just makes you think and there are the they're the tunes where it just you listen for the music and it gets so it gets going so good and it's just amazing and this is one of those this is um the proverbs of hell played seven to ten by over
And that was the Proverbs of, Proverbs of Hell, plates 7 to 10 by Ulver, uh, taken from William Blake's The Marriage of Heaven and Hell. One of my favorite albums, probably the, my favorite album of theirs. I love it. And, um, yeah, they just released their latest in 2007, which was Shadows of the Sun, which was much less trip-hoppy, and uh, they just really went for a straight ambient approach. Just, and, uh, like I told you, that um, they have a great Sabbath cover on there. Hmm. Solitude from the best Sabbath album, period. Masters of Reality. And it's awesome. I think that's on a previous podcast. I think that was on the first one. Word. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. What are we gonna... What do you want to end with, hmm. sir? Let's think about it. Hmm. We've sort of gone through the set playlist. But if we... If we could, I'd like to trace it back all the way to one of the original bands that sort of took the stoner mentality and put it over rock and roll. This band, the MC5, or Motor City 5, uh, they came out of Detroit. They were one of the first, uh, they were considered one of the first punk bands before punk existed. Um, they had a really aggressive style. Their whole philosophy was sex, drugs, and fucking in the streets. And they were, they were militant. Unbelievably so, but uh, MC5 sort of took. Yeah, they were part of the White Panthers party. As in, like crazy violent people, like. Not not in that sense, but their their whole philosophy, sex, drugs, and fucking in the streets, was like subvert the authority and fuck in the streets. Anyways, but uh, (laughs) they they smoked a lot of pot and played a lot of rock and roll. So I think this song, Skunk, sonically speaking, from their 1971 album, High Time, is one of the most uh, indicative pieces of their back catalog. It starts out with a real tribal sound and then goes into a big, big explosion, rock and roll style. But also you can hear a lot of influence that would come in later in bands like Hawkwind, who were in existence at the time but hadn't really found their feet. I don't know, I think MC5 are one of my favorite bands. They they really got it down in terms of the whole rock and roll, fucking in the streets kind of thing. But uh, yeah, here's MC5 with Skunk Sonically Speaking.
That was MC5 from their 1971 album, High Time, with Skunk, sonically speaking. And, uh, yeah, so there's a, there's a relic of the past for you. Ooh. That about wraps it up for this week. Well, it's sort of morphed from a weekly podcast into a <laughs> whatever I, whenever I feel like a podcast. Or whatever. Get his friends. Nobody listens to this shit anyway. And yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this was episode four, the stoner episode. I I feign to call it stoner rock because um, I don't know. There's a lot of elements you can listen to any music and get stoned to it. But uh, I can see why they call it stoner rock. But personally, uh, I never like to classify as any, anything more than rock and roll and what's interesting is Josh Homie also sort of came up with that notion that it shouldn't be called stoner rock but rather robot rock or dance rock or whatever you may call it there's no real uh, grasp on what it can be considering Queens of Stone Age went from uh, the same sound as Caius all the way to what they have now which is like a real amalgam of all sorts of sounds. They do a lot of atmospheric stuff. They do rock. They do stoner stuff. They, they're all over the place. But I think it's uh, unfair to boil these down to stoner rock bands. But, you know, for argument's sake, let's just call them stoner rock bands. Now, what are they going to do about it, bastards? All right. So this was episode four. Uh, we'll see you when we see you. I'll probably be back with another guest, I don't know who, Um, but until then, farewell.